In today's episode, we meet businessman Ben Kirk. Ben has a heart for the lost. He moves in love. And because of that, Holy Spirit backs him up. In the coolest places, Ben sees people pray to receive Jesus in the parking lot of the grocery store. Ben sees people supernaturally healed at the florist. And Ben is going to show you and detail for you how you too can be a conduit of Holy Spirit blessing to the people around you every single day. Hello, my friends. So thankful for you to tune in tonight. And this is the Firestorm Live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert. And every week we bring you exciting testimonies of regular believers, normal people just like you, who the Lord is co-laboring with to be his hands and feet to normal people every day, everywhere they go. And my guest tonight, I'm so thrilled to bring you a level of excitement and normalcy with the way he touches the world around him, the way Jesus touches the world around him through my dear friend. So this is my my dear, dear friend, Ben Kirk. Ben, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so glad you could be here. So Ben, you are um, from out of state. So Ben's you know local in town. I'm like, man, while you're here, we got to get you on the radio because I know people are going to be really encouraged by just the normal life that you lead. Uh, so I got a question for you. Um, do you work at a building with a steeple on top? <laughs> I do not. I um, uh, own my own business. Okay. So just a normal guy. So you're not a full-time <laughs> minister? You don't have a PhD after your name? Nope. No letters. No letters. No letters. When's your, uh, you know, when's your next uh, book coming out? <laughs> no book. No book. How about <laughs> no. an e-course? No. 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 So the reason I say that, just messing with each other, is my friends, this is not for the elite, what we're going to talk about tonight. This is not for the elite few that have somehow risen to a level. This is the bread of the children, what we're going to share with you. This is available to every single son and every single daughter, every single child of God. And Jesus said to the disciples, he says, little children, he called us little children. He said, little children, it makes your father very happy to give you the kingdom. And it's just so thrilling. Well, what is the kingdom? What's the kingdom look like? You know, in um, the book of Romans, it says the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So it's not tangible. It's not meat or drink. Can't touch it. But it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And that's what the Lord wants to give every single believer. And then, But it's not for us, right? You it's an upside down kingdom. You keep what you give away. So if you want more righteousness, peace, and joy in your life, then you just activate and you live in righteousness. You move in peace and you give away joy and it comes all back to you. And that's what I'm just thrilled to share with my dear buddy, Ben. So Ben, we've been really, we've been all over the world together. Yeah. It's pretty amazing for a guy, uh, (laughs) Three years ago, never wanted to leave the country. <laughs> the Lord, when He gets a hold of you, I mean, you know, sometimes He knocks us off our horse, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you kind of got knocked off your horse. I, I have been knocked off my horse. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, what happened to you? Uh, what was we were saying? It was a little less than three years ago, and the Lord knocked you off your horse. Um, let's just kind of define that term. So, you have been a believer, really, for most of your life. How long? How long have you? Would you call yourself a believer? Um. Well, actually, I, I grew up in the church, and my dad was actually a pastor, but in my teenage years, I strayed, and um, it wasn't until 2010 
um, during a drug-induced all-night, no sleep, did I come to my senses or the Lord said, all right, it's time. Okay. I've been chasing you for years. Wow. It's time. And so then I, I gave my life. Well, I guess I shouldn't say I gave my life. I accepted Jesus. Yeah as my my lord and savior i accepted the gift of heaven but i hadn't quite said yes to jesus yet so you said a prayer i did say prayer go to church try and do everything right but you had a dramatic transformation less than three years ago yep what did the lord do that and how were you transformed i mean you were a believer you said the prayer you know you're you're living the christian life the best you can but did you feel like there was a a gap a limitation there's more was there was there something missing uh yeah yeah, absolutely and i I don't want to say i want to correct you on um leading the best christian life that i could because i i wasn't i was just i was following tradition Ooh. And I wasn't, I, I didn't cuss, I didn't smoke, I didn't drink anymore. But that didn't make me any more of a believer than when I did. Okay. So, um, so it was in 2018. And of course, a dusty Bible, you know, there was no intimacy. It was, I said yes to heaven, but I didn't say yes to Jesus. So uh, there was no intimacy. But then I was, uh, I just had a revelation in 2008. And I knew God had put so much inside of me, but I didn't know, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to bring that out. Oh. See, I th- because I think what you're saying is a lot of Christians would say that, you know, I've done everything right. I was this way. I've done everything right, but I don't know how to activate this. I don't know. I'm going to church. I'm staying legit with my wife. I'm paying my taxes. You know, I feel bad when I speed, you know, whatever. But there's got to be more. I'm reading my Bible. I could pray more. I could read my Bible more. But but there's just like a dryness. Oh, yeah, it was absolute. It was dry. It was in a desert, barren place. So what did the Lord reveal to you that launched you like a superhero onto the stage (laughs) where people are getting healed. People are coming to the Lord. People are rededicating their life in the grocery store as a normal part of your day-to-day going about your business. I mean, I know you, you don't go out and do outreach. You just live life and people are getting healed and saved and rededicated and set free. Hmm. What was the revelation? Well, I, I began, I began praying to God, Lord, help me, help me do my job. I know that I was put here for a reason, just like everyone that's hearing my voice right now. You were put here for a reason, and it's for greatness, and it's, and it's to shine, and it's to, to be his image on this earth, and it's to love. And so I kept praying, Lord, help me do my job. I have a job to do, and I just, I know that I'm not even, not even near where, where I, I should be. And, and it wasn't, I didn't feel like I needed to strive, because we, don't, we shouldn't be striving we just need to be a son. So I'm praying, I'm asking the Lord, help me do my job. And then it's like all of a sudden, like the scales started to be, fall off. And I started seeing myself, how he actually describes me in his word as a son. So then that drew me into the secret place. And then the more I went into the secret place to spend time with him, 
the more that I wanted to get into his word. And the more I got into his word, the more I wanted to get into the secret place. The more I got into the secret place, the more I got into his word. And, and these things started to, to just break off of me. I mean, even though I, I'd said the prayer, I'm going to heaven, I still had impatience. I still had bitterness, unforgiveness. I had anger. I didn't look really any different than the world. Mm. I just didn't do you know, a few things and I thought I was all right. So the scales come off and as I'm, as he draws me in, then his word starts becoming alive in me and he starts circumcising my heart and and cutting away those stony areas and he's pruning me and pruning and, and, and then the fruit just happened. When, when he removed the weeds and the thorns and the, and the rocky areas, then the fruit started just producing on its own it's not like i was like i want to produce fruit no i wanted to be with the lord and the fruit just came with it that's beautiful because i think a lot of our listeners they're saying that okay what do i do it's you know what guys it's not about what you do you it's what you be so you be what the word says you are and then you will do the things you want to do but it's opposite it's like i don't do first i be first and what do i be I'm a son. Jesus says, it, you know, he calls us children. It makes him happy to call us children. We are children of God. When you come to Christ, when you come to Jesus in fullness, you change natures. You come into a new position. For the old is gone, the new has come. There is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. You've crossed over, it says, from death to life. You are a new creation. Well, what does that look like? Ben, what I've always seen in you and in your life is you are just inhabited by love and people feel it. People, I don't want to say they're drawn to you because it's not like you're a magnet that people are all coming up to, but I go places with you and I see the way you engage with people like, okay, let's just real life. So yesterday we got to go to the grocery store. Yeah, normal, normal Normal life. Got to eat. Ben prays for like four people. In the grocery store, guys, and and this is not weird for me because we do this together all over the world, and we coach other people, and this is how we became friends and we met. But uh, hey, so what happened yesterday at Harris Teeter? Oh uh, boy, um, I guess uh, start with the uh, the guy in the military, and so a lot of how I operate is just a lot of it's just mere observation. Okay, I, the guy's got fatigues on. Mm-hmm. He's in service. He's a service member. Yeah, I used to be in the service. Even if I wasn't, I was still thank him for his service because that, I mean, that's very honorable to yeah. me. And, and I want to thank everyone out there, uh, even even the spouses. Thank you for your service. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Oh, you are in a Navy town, man. You, that's that's <laughs> right. good. Yeah. That's, that's, so, yeah, we're standing at the, you know, like the, the meat counter and there's a soldier standing next to us. And you just say to him, thank you for your service. And yeah, he gives just, you a fist bump. You know, yeah, give him a fist bump, you know, because you know, with everything going on these days, yeah, and, you know, normally polite. I come in hard with a big old hug. But <laughs> no. <laughs> so he, he gives him a fist bump. And then, you know, I'm doing business telling the guy what kind of cuts I want to meet. And Ben's praying for the guy right next to me. And it's not weird. No, so not at all. What? How did you go from thank you for your service fist bump to you got your hand on his chest and his head is bowed and you're praying power into the man in, I mean, and this is a short prayer, folks. This is like 
seven to 12 seconds. It's really short. How did you go from fist bump to you're praying for him in the deli counter? Well, um, so I acknowledged that he was in the service and, and that, I mean, that opened up the door. I mean, people want to be seen. People, um, they just want to know that they're not invisible. Mm-hmm. And, and when they realize that, hey, there's someone that actually sees me and he appreciates what I'm doing, yeah. it opened up the door. And I said, how can I pray for you? So you said, I how pray can I you? pray? Yeah. Instead of, hey, can I pray for you? Because that can be awkward. It's in a public place. A lot of people are not used to that. It's really easy for someone to say no. Right. No, I'm good. Thanks. But you said, how can I pray for you? So in, instead, of, like you said, instead of saying, can I pray for you? It gives a person an option because it's awkward. I mean, we're in yeah. a public place and, and people don't have a, really a gauge for that. Yeah. So I just ask them, how can I pray for you? I want you serve us. I want to serve you right now. How can I pray for you? That's anointed. I mean, that's, and, and I saw you praying for him and you don't have to share what you prayed because it might've been personal. But what I see from the outside is, you know, my buddy Ben just got his hand on this man's chest. The dude's got his eyes closed and his head bowed and Ben is just speaking life into him and, you know, praying for presence. And didn't he ask you to you just offer to pray for, you know, the power of God to fill him in protection? Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd go, <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> I don't even, sometimes don't even realize it. And obviously you have to be aware of, of who you're praying for but when, when the spirit just yeah. doesn't say no yeah. i just i go right for the heart and yeah. and one of the things that i pray for the most is that they would be touched by god's love and that they would know his love amen so this is you said before you you know you've been praying and you you want to do your job the lord told you to do your job do you feel like that's your job no oh, absolutely that's the job absolutely this is what this is what we were all created for we were all created for a purpose and a destiny that glorifies him and loving on people and lifting them up and bringing them to the Father yeah. glorifies him. Well, that was the first one in the Harris Teeter yesterday, guys. <laughs> the next one is we're going and, uh, you know, the florist counter and I'm going to buy some flowers for my wife. I do that frequently. It's not out of the ordinary for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm getting two different bundles and I'm like, and, and Ben says to me, hey, you know that lady behind the counter can actually put them together and make them look nice. And I never really thought of that. I'm, I'm a guy. I'm like, okay. So I, I just say to this woman behind the counter, hey, could you, is, can do you guys put these together to make them look nice? And she's like, oh yeah, for sure. So she does. It, I, you know, I go get milk or something. I come back two or three minutes later. Lovely, lovely woman. And, uh, and I just said to her, I said, you know, there is so much kindness pouring out of you. I can really see the Lord just loves you and he is pouring out of you right now. And she points to the ceiling and or points to the sky and she says, oh, I know. I love him. <laughs> oh, that's an awesome opportunity, right? That's an open door. And I, and I said to her, I said, Christine, can I, her name is Christine. I said, Christine, can I just pray a blessing on you real quick? I often say real quick, because if you say, can I pray for you? People don't know what that means. You know, there's, depends on your tradition. Some people are like, what does that mean? Are you going to like rub some beads together? Are you going to go light a candle? How long is this going to take? Is it going to be weird? But I say, can I just pray a blessing on you real quick? And she says, yes. And, and I remember Ben, you said to her, well, you know, what do you got? What, anything specific? 
and she shares, you know, business owner level concerns. Hard to get good help. I just really want my employees. The business needs, you know, we need to move forward. You know, we're trying to recover and just standard. Guys, if you have any friends that are in small business, just offer to pray for them and their business when you go into their business. And I have never had somebody tell me no. Everybody is open for that. (laughs) So we did, and we prayed for her really quickly. And like, Father, you see Christine, and you love her so much. I thank you, Lord, that you are singing over her with songs of redemption. Lord, would you just encourage her in the deep places? This is what my prayer sounds like, generally like this. Would you just encourage her in the deep places, Lord, that you see her? Would you give her favor with her employees that that they will know that they worked for a godly woman? And when they look back on their life, they'll say, that job I had at that florist was the greatest job I've ever had. It taught me so much. In Jesus' name, amen. And I'm just riffing. That wasn't wasn't exactly right, but it was kind of paraphrased. And what did she do, Ben? <laughs> She's standing in the middle of the floral department with both hands raised to the sky, worshiping God in the middle of Harris Teeter. Both hands. I'm not even the, sure if she knew it. Yeah, it just <laughs> pours out of her. And what did she say to us as we're leaving? She said, this has been the best part of my day. This absolutely made my day. And, and when, when, when you hear people say that time and time again, that you've made their day or that they were just praying that, that God would say something or show up that day. Mm. It's absolutely, it's amazing. And it's in its fulfillment because that's what we were made for. And that's what I see you doing every day, every time we're together, which Ben lives in Ohio. He's just down here for a week or so um, in town. And, but every time we get together, I see you moving in this level of love. I see you doing the job, and it's so inspiring, and that's why I wanted to have you on the show, because you're just so normal. You're just so regular. You're not in any way unapproachable, and if you can do it, I feel like you can really provoke our listeners that there is so much more. Oh, so much more, and and, and every time you say normal, uh, I know my wife chuckles a little bit because she would beg to differ with you. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's do some more testimonies. So um, let's talk about the first person we saw get out of a wheelchair together. Okay. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we were flying back uh, from Brazil. We were uh, equipping, doing a ministry conference down there, and we were flying home together. And uh, this is just a couple of months ago. What was this, like early December? Uh, yeah, first week yeah. of December. Mm-hmm. So we're flying home, and, you know, when you come back into the country, you got to go through customs and that whole scenario. And there was a woman next to us in a wheelchair, like in another line, but we mm-hmm. kind of passed each other a couple times. And as we get through customs, she gets through customs, we end up, you know, basically after customs, there's an elevator that – she went down because mm-hmm. she was in a wheelchair and we could just kind of go down the stairs or the escalator or whatever but we had wanted to connect i know you had wanted to pray for her yeah i'd seen her coming through the security line in sao paulo okay so the first time from the time that i saw her until we actually made contact was probably about 12 hours yeah that's a long flight from way down south there so we had been sitting on this plane for over 10 hours flying back from Sao Paulo, Brazil. And so we come through the line and we just happen to be yeah. side by side right there, very yeah. natural. 
and I remember you contacted her. Yeah, I did. I actually asked her handler, which um, she was a little tough, but I, I asked her handler, hey, does your, your friend up there, I, I can't help but notice she's in a wheelchair, and, and which should... You don't always have to get like a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom. If you see somebody with a cane or a wheelchair, I mean, there's an obvious. Pretty sure they have a need for going, prayer. There's yeah, something, there's something going, going on, on there. Yeah. So uh, I asked her handler, I was like, hey, do you mind? I, I, I saw you guys uh, about 12 hours ago in, in Sao Paulo. Would you mind if I, I prayed for her? And her handler's like, oh, I don't know. Well, as, I'm, as she's kind of giving me the runaround, I see this lady turn around and she's shaking her head at me like, yes, yes I want please, prayer. yes. And, and I remember that's when I came in and asked her, well, hey, what's going on? What happened? And she explained that she had had double knee replacement surgery about a year ago. And I think it didn't go well. I, don't, I mean, it wasn't as planned. She's been in constant pain ever since. And she's saying that when she wakes up in the morning after sleeping, it's the worst. When she's been sitting on a plane for 10 hours, it is the worst. And she can't, she can't function. She can't do life, hence the wheelchair and the handler. And she had just been sitting on a plane for 10 hours. So what happened next, Ben? <laughs> so we, we, it's, it's, so, it's so crazy how God works. And so I see her in Sao Paulo. We're going through the custom line. We're like, he keeps, like she, she was on the, she got put on the radar early on and he kept giving these opportunities, opportunities. So we're coming through the customs line and we pray for it. Then she gets on the elevator and we get down to retrieve our bags. And, and when there we pray she for her in the, just by, before the elevator, it's quick guys. It's, it's fast. We don't spend a lot of time. Don't want to make people uncomfortable, but I asked her how bad her pain was. And she said, I remember it was a very high number. It was like some of the worst. Oh yeah. She it, could not stand up and walk around cause she had, and she actually shows me her leg with, with these big, you know, incisions yeah, uh, it was remember pretty gnarly, pretty and gnarly, swelling yeah. and all these things. And I remember we prayed because you always want to go directly for what you can see. And we're given authority. Jesus gave the original disciples authority to heal all diseases and to cast out all devils. So I figure if he gave the disciples authority, I'm a disciple, then I have the same authority that they had. So I'm just audacious enough to go for it. So we pray there. And we prayed together, and the prayer sounded like something like, what was her name? Do you remember her name? Margaret. Okay, see, Ben remembers all of their names. Why is that relevant? Because these are not numbers. If you don't remember the name of the person you prayed for, you might be doing it for the wrong reason. Mm. So Ben remembers all their names, and I love that about you, man. I, I love your heart. But the prayer sounded something like this. Father, I just thank you that we could meet Margaret over all the world. You put her right here with us. And right now, Lord, on the authority of Jesus Christ, I command all swelling, get out of her knees right now. All pain go right now. Body be healed. I thank you for wholeness on the authority of Jesus Christ. And some of you might be thinking, oh, my gosh, that's so bold. That's so dramatic. That's the way Jesus prayed. So if you read through the scriptures and you see how Jesus prayed, which is exactly what I did, I just used him as the model. Jesus didn't, he, he didn't beg. He didn't go to his father and say, 
Father, Lazarus was an intercessor. <laughs> and with him gone in our culture, his sisters are going to be destitute. Jesus isn't begging his father like an orphan. You know what Jesus says? Lazarus, come forth. He says three words. Most dramatic miracle in the history of the world to the time. <laughs> the guy with the withered hand. What's Jesus say? He doesn't negotiate with the father. Oh, Lord, this guy, you know, how is going to provide for his family? And you know how much he needs you. And you're a good God. And so if it's your will, could you just heal him? Jesus doesn't pray like that at all. He says, stretch out your hand. <laughs> And this is what torqued off the religious establishment. Like, by what authority do you do this? They knew he had authority. Well, folks, he gave us the authority. He gave us the exact same authority. He says in Matthew 10, 8, as you go, heal the sick, cast out devils, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. It's not a debate. It's like this is the assignment. And I found that just because you don't like the assignment, doesn't mean you don't have to do it. Just because you don't like the assignment or you might stink at it doesn't mean you don't have to do the assignment. I stink at it. I don't see every single person healed, but I see a lot healed. So we command this lady's knees and her pain was really high, but you know, it's a little awkward. Her handler was was not having this no she wasn't cool with but, it. but but margaret was like pushing away the handler <laughs> right. saying no 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 i want this leave me alone and so she rides down the escalator we or rides down the elevator we ride down the escalator and guess what we're there's, side by side of the baggage claim yep there's margaret carry on what happened next <laughs> so so then we got to um i got i wanted to ask her like how her progress was how her healing was how what was going on in her body because you want to get you want to get a gauge of, of what, what God is doing. And get them to process right. what God is doing. Absolutely. Because it's really easy to say thank you and not even really think about it. Because very few, I mean, they don't, honestly, guys, they don't think they're going to get healed. They have almost no expectation. So some people say, oh, I don't want to pray for people because if it doesn't change, I don't want to, like, crush their faith. I'll tell you what, they're not expecting it to change. You're not going to crush their faith. But when it does, <laughs> it's the most dramatic thing that's ever happened oh, to him. Beautiful. What happened to Margaret? So uh, we asked Margaret, well, can you check your knees? And like you said, most of the time, uh, sitting for a few hours is, is tough to get out of the chair. But after 10 hours, it would be virtually impossible. Margaret gets up, kind of a little slow, but then she just walks. And she just looked normal, just walking. She walked probably 10, 15 feet, turned around, came back. And then starts to testify how she had been healed before and how she had just led someone to the Lord that week. And it was just absolutely amazing. So she gets healed. Everybody's faith increases because of seeing her get out of the chair, knowing what, what God was doing in her body, knowing what God has done through her already. Mm -hmm. yeah. it, was, it was just it was absolutely amazing. And it, and it started 12 hours prior to that when I saw that there was a need. There was an Amen. obvious need. Yeah. And I had to take the opportunity. And, you know, as she's walking around the turnstile for baggage, um, 
she's testifying of all these ways she's seen the Lord work in her life before. So it just increased everybody's faith. Yeah, absolutely. Our friend Jessica was there with us. And uh, what I love about this, buddy, was do you remember what was her like final word to I'll, you as we walked away? No, I'll never forget it. I will never forget it. And it, this is the part, and it, this is the part that got me the most. Yeah. I mean, I love seeing people get out of. I love seeing people get healed. I love seeing people being touched by the Lord. But what she said to me has impacted my life, and I will never forget Margaret. As we're walking away, and it had to be the Spirit come over her. She looked me right in the eyes and she said, "Ben, do your job. You have a mission to do." confirms the prayer that you had been saying months or years before years years before calls all that back to your recollection and the lord just puts a bow on top of it and says you are doing your job you're being my hands and feet absolutely and 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 in doing that 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 stirred me to want to die to self even more and to be with him even more and to be in his word even more and to be his witness even more because I know there is so much more. There's so much. And it's available for every single believer. Jesus says, if I be raised up, I'll call all men to myself. Mm -hmm. It is our joy to just share with you ways that Jesus is being raised up by regular people just like you in a normal way as a normal part of their daily lives every day everywhere they go and you know what they are seeing the sick healed in the grocery store they are seeing people rededicate their lives at the gas pump they are seeing people be delivered of unclean spirits in the starbucks in the ups store this is a normal thing that is available to every believer. People say, oh, I know that happens in Africa and Brazil. It happens here because it's the same God, and he is alive and active. So Firestorm Live is designed to bring you real-life testimonies from relatable folks so that you can be provoked to step into all the fullness of everything Jesus paid a price for. So. You can get a hold of us on firestormunited.org. That's our website. You will be able to see testimonies. You'll be able to see previous shows. There's a donate button. You can also find us on Facebook at Firestorm United. So my guest today is my dear friend, Ben Kirk. I am your host, Scott Gilbert, on the Firestorm Live broadcast brought to you every Tuesday night where we just share with you the excitement of following Jesus in fullness, that there is more, and we do it through sharing testimonies of regular Christians just like you who are stepping out in faith and seeing the Lord touch people with supernatural encounters, touched by the love of the Lord in the grocery store, and it's a thrilling adventure. So, Ben, let's talk about, um, oh, we have so many testimonies together. You want to talk about the ricochet, the eye thing? Oh, yeah, that was always a funny one. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we laugh because, um, oh, how do I present this testimony? So Ben and I are, were in London, England, 
and we were doing an equipping conference and we were taking people out on the street and teaching them how to just love people and be the hands of Jesus. And, and you know, London, that's a rough place, man. Yeah. That's like tilling in iron. They are, <laughs> if you say, if you say, can I pray for you? They will put their hand in your face and walk away. <laughs> and it won't necessarily be all five fingers that they're showing you. It's a much harder, you know, culture than the Bible Belt, which I like because I want to be trained. I want to go to the hard place. So Ben and I are in London and we've been there for, I don't know, five, six days Something doing this like thing that, yeah. and training people for love evangelism. And, uh, you know, we're, we're back. And <laughs> he says to me, he says, you know, um, my eye hasn't focused right my whole life. And I thought, well, duh, we, sh- we could pray for that. That's what we've been doing all week. We've been training other people to pray for the sick and, you know, all these things. And, uh, and you said, uh, yeah, we, we could pray for that. Yeah. So I remember you sat down and uh, it's a quick prayer. I put my hand on your forehead. I remember that. And just prayed a quick prayer of faith. Father, you love Ben. You love me. I thank you for Holy Spirit presence. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I command I be healed. All focus return right now on the authority of Jesus Christ to his great glory. Something like that. And Ben, what I remember (laughs) was right near the end of that prayer, you like grab your face, jump up, (laughs) and run over to a mirror, and you're looking in the mirror, what was going on with you when I prayed for your eye? Okay, well, I'll I'll back it up just a little bit. Back it up. We were, it was after... It was after the day, and like you said, we were just sitting around like we were we were practicing being Jesus because <laughs> yeah. we should be practicing every day being Jesus. So you asked me if you could pray for something, and I actually had to think about it. I had to think because a lot of times when we deal with things for such a long time, it just becomes a part of us. Yeah. So I'm like, oh no, I'm good. I don't have any. Wait. Any health, yeah. any health issues? I'm good. Wait, I because have, yeah. I accepted it yeah. as normal. Okay, but then when I got to thinking about it, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, no, there's something is wrong in my body, and that's not how God intended it. So, like you said, you prayed for me, and uh, as you were praying, I felt a jolt of electrici- electricity <laughs> go through my tooth. Your tooth. My tooth, yes. This has nothing to do with your eye. Nothing to do with my eye. I see Ben jump up, grab his face, go look in a mirror, and you said this to me. You're like, does does my tooth look different? And I'm like, dude, I don't know. (laughs) Different than what? I don't know what we're looking at. And you explained what happened. Like you had a childhood injury. Yeah, so I had had a trauma to to my tooth. I don't know if it was a baseball. I fell off my bike. I have no idea. So it killed the nerves in my tooth, and I dealt with that for almost my entire life and it was discolored so it was more it was almost like a blue okay and um leading up to that trip i was i was having these sharp pains and um i was thinking man probably when i get back from this trip i'm I'm, it's probably time for a root canal because i mean this has been going on for like 30 years now and nobody looks forward to those no No. not at all no No, it's not something i was (laughs) uh, i wasn't trying to email the the dentist while we were there and and get that set up so uh so yeah i felt this electricity go through i had you look at my tooth and you're like um okay i don't know what i'm looking at but it it, you would have known it it was very distinct yeah one was 
well, yellowish. Okay. <laughs> One was blue. Okay. So I remember you sent me a text like two weeks later because that's okay. That's the end of the story. At to my understanding, at that point, you said when you were praying for me, I felt a shock of electricity hit my tooth, which is dead. Dead. It's been dead since I was a little kid, like thirty some years. Yep. And okay. Well, a couple weeks later, you sent me a text with another picture of your face with your tooth, and you're like, all feeling has returned. I have, and the color is, a, is uniform. Yeah, no hot, cold sensitivity. None of that. Com- completely gone. So what the Lord does, folks, is I'm praying for his eye. And the Lord does a Holy Spirit <laughs> ricochet. It's just a little off, a couple inches, and <laughs> resurrects a dead tooth that had been dead for 30 years. Mm. We serve a God of the incredible. He is other. He doesn't, he says, my ways are not your ways. But what I learned from that is that Holy Spirit goes to the core. Mm. He goes to the heart. He goes to whatever he thinks and knows is the right thing. So that was our first resurrection. Yeah, he knows what we need before we even ask. And even though you were asking for one thing, by the words that you were speaking and by the name of Jesus, Hmm. you put him to work, and he went right to where the biggest need was. Which was the resurrection of a dead tooth. So was that our first resurrection? Oh, yeah. My, my, My... Right front tooth is now called Lazarus. Amen. All right, come forth. All right, well, we got more. We can keep going. So if you're just tuning in, this is the Firestorm Live broadcast. I'm your host, Scott Gilbert. It is my honor every week to bring you testimonies of real-life Christians just like you who are putting on love as like a garment. Colossians 3.14 says that we are to put on love. It's like it's an external thing that you put on. Some people say, well, I don't feel very loving. And, you know, if you could do something about my kids and they just they have an attitude. Well, you know what the word says? Put on love. Put it on. It's like an imagination thing where you put it on like a big coat. Like, Lord, you say you love me. Lord, you say you want to live in me. You say you do live in me. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? The very spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. So, Lord, you live here. You want to touch hurting people. So, Lord, can you just cover me in love right now? Above all, the word says, Colossians 3.14, above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. So when I, in my heart, in my head, clothe myself with love, I am now in emotional, mental position to go be love to other people. And my guest tonight is Ben Kirk, who just demonstrates what being love looks like almost more than any man I've ever been close enough to to talk about. And we have a lot of cool testimonies. Uh, what do you want to do next, Ben? You want to talk about the kid in Brazil? You want to talk about the um, the man in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Muslim man that got totally healed in the Garden of Gethsemane oh, yeah. in Israel? Yeah, Mahmoud. <laughs> See, he remembers their names. You want me to say that? And, 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 and it's not that I have a good memory. I I use drugs for 20 years, but it's it's coming from my, my heart 
because I, I genuinely care and have compassion for the people that are right in front of me because I pray and I ask God, help me to see your people. Help me to see my brothers and sisters that are all around me the way that you do. Not for what they're doing, not for what they did, but for who they are. Yeah, That is such a key. If you're listening in right now, that is a prayer that you can start every single day with. Father, would you just give me eyes to see people the way you do? And then you just go do life. And you see him call your attention to people. And we were talking earlier, it's a little bit like T-ball. Right. How's it like T-ball? So we've made God out to be this this taskmaster. And, and, and if we miss an opportunity, I mean, we just really, we really blew it. And, and he's going to be mad, and, and those people are going to suffer. God's will is going to be done. Mm. It's just a matter, is it going to be through you, or is it going to be through someone else? Mm. So he's more like a t-ball coach. Okay. He puts the ball on the tee. You may not even swing. It's still there. You may swing and miss it. It's still there. It'll stay there until you hit it. Hey Amen. So you can, you're never – there's always another opportunity – there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. So some people say, oh, you know, I'm, I'm 78 years old and I'm just now starting to be the hands and feet. I missed so much time. No, you didn't. You didn't miss any time at all because God is timeless. And he will actually leapfrog you to where you would have been mm. had you been on what you'd call the straight and narrow all along because his will will come to pass. Amen. And he wants, we're not, he's not. We're not waiting on him to do anything. He's waiting on us to step out and be loved to people. So let's talk about the man in the Garden of Gethsemane. I'll set it up and <laughs> okay. you share what you remember. So uh, I was leading a tour in Israel. Uh, this was, uh, what, a couple of years ago? Something like, like March that. March 19 yeah. or something. Oh, yeah, yeah 19, before yeah. the world closed down. <laughs> and uh, one of the places we go is the Garden of Gethsemane. We take groups and, you know, I take people to actual locations where biblical events happened. We don't just sit on a bus and look out a window and go to lots of fancy churches because you can't really show me that whatever happened there actually happened. It's an ornate church. Great. And that might be nice. But I want to go to places where X marks the spot happened. And the Garden of Gethsemane is one of those places, and I'll just tell you the, what they don't put in the brochure is there's lots of them. We don't know the exact Garden of Gethsemane. There's many of them. Go to all of them for all, you know, chocolate or vanilla, both. Just go to all of them. And so we were on the side of the Mount of Olives. There was a Garden of Gethsemane. And the caretaker, Muslim man, uh, his name was Mahmoud. So we have a group, and we had like 90 people on that trip. That, yeah, that was, was a big group. like hurting yeah, cats. It was a lot of people. And we are just trying to keep all the people, you know, from generally in the same area and not wandering off. And anyway, we ended up, you and me, we ended up in the back. Yeah, we're always, yeah. Basically, yeah. That just, way, that way, yeah. When they see us, mm -hmm. they know everyone's made it because, yeah. like you said, it was like, it was like dogs trying to hurt cats. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. And uh, so we, we make Ben makes friends with the Muslim man. I give him what, 40s year old man, mid, mid 40s, maybe mid 40s yeah. caretaker of this garden. And before I know it, the guy's taking us in this little guard shack shed in the side of the hill to make us coffee. 
okay. It's like 45 degrees and rainy. It was kind of miserable when we were there right. in March. And so Ben, just because he's being cool and being kind, makes friends with our new friend, Mahmoud. <laughs> Mahmoud makes us coffee. And at the, you know, obviously he knows we're Christians. We're a Christian group. And I remember saying to him, hey, um, is there anything we can pray for you for? And a lot of times you might think, oh, Muslims, they're going to be aggressive or mean or whatever. That has never been my experience. Never. Um, universally, pretty much every single one that I've prayed for, and there's several dozen, has been somewhat wide-eyed that someone would do that. And they're fine with sharing. Yeah. Um, so this man, <laughs> he shares some uh, very personal internal pains <laughs> that he has when he goes to the bathroom, which I thought this is very personal. And, you know, it wasn't he was awkward. Like an, he was like an open book. Yeah, it wasn't. We, we cared for the guy. Yeah, it wasn't awkward. It, it was. I mean, we're just three guys, so it wasn't awkward. But he shares, like, my pain is like a 10 and it has not stopped and hasn't gone away. And I'm thinking in my head, this guy has like a, you know, a serious internal problem. This, right. is, this sounds like life or death to me. And so we prayed for Mahmoud right there and commanded his body to be healed, all pain to go on the authority of Jesus Christ. I don't hedge. I don't say in God's name. I say on the authority of Jesus Christ because you love Mahmoud. You have a plan for his life. And, uh, you know, he thanks me. This is not something that can be checked, right? right? Yeah. Because it's apparently it's part of the, you know, the bodily functions have to process. And we leave. We don't know that. I mean, there, I have no expectation we're going to see Mahmoud again. No, that was it. That was it. I mean, he's polite. He gives us coffee. He calls me my brother, my brother, Scott. And <laughs> that was kind of cool. Yeah. couple days later, we just mysteriously have a few extra hours in our day in the old city of Jerusalem. And you can wander the stalls and buy t-shirts and all that. I don't do that because I've done it and I don't need to spend money and time. But we said, hey, we could get a cab and go back to that garden of Gethsemane and maybe we could run into Mahmoud. Well, our tour guide is like, I got Mahmoud's number right here. Yeah. I'll call him. <laughs> so he calls him up. The guy comes and opens the place up. We give him like 50 or 100 bucks U.S., you know, thank him. What happens? So uh, so we're in the garden. And, of course, so if, if you notice, we didn't get him in the headlock and say, you have to believe Jesus. We just loved him. And we prayed for him. And we cared about him. So while we're in the garden, I just, I'm talking with him. And, and I'm like, Mahmoud, do you have any... You want some peace? Because in, in Islam, there's no peace. There's only one Prince of Peace, and his name is Jesus. So I, I always ask, would you like some peace? I mean, who doesn't want some peace? Who yeah. wouldn't like some peace? And he was like, yeah, I would like some peace. Yeah, I remember you saying, have you ever just really felt peace in your life? Has there ever been a time that you just knew that you were full of peace? And I remember watching him process that. I don't think he had a good answer, but he was like, yes, I want peace. And I remember you sitting on a rock with our other friend, John, who was with us. And this man sits on a rock and you prayed for him. I don't remember how you, you share how you prayed, but what did the Lord do? <laughs> He's so good. 
So I didn't even realize that we were on a rock until I saw a picture that you took later from up above us, which is just, it's so, it's so perfect because as this Muslim man that, that God created, that God loves is sitting on a rock, gets touched by the rock of ages and begins to just weep and weep and weep. And this is, if, if you're not familiar with Middle Eastern culture, uh, that is absolutely unheard of for definitely Muslim men. He would be the father of the family. He would be the head of the family. Uh, absolutely, that is not in the culture at no, all to, to cry publicly with unbelievers, you know, Islamic unbelievers, Christians. Infidel. Infidel. No. Not at all. But the Lord just breaks into this man's heart. He breaks into tears and he's weeping on this rock yeah trying to process it all because he has no idea what's going on yeah but he knows something is happening his heart was being massaged by the lover of his soul just by coming in love and you said it well we didn't like get him in a headlock and you know hey you got to believe in jesus no you know what we did we showed him jesus yep the prince of peace and then i remember saying to him hey you know we didn't think we'd ever be back here but it's just amazing that we can be here. Uh, and again, we gave him like $100 U.S., which is a lot of money to him, and we wanted to be a blessing. Because Jesus is generous. Jesus is. For God mm. so loved the world mm. that he gave <laughs> when we give, we're acting like him. And I said to him, hey, when we were here a few days ago, you were talking about a lot of pain you had in your body. Well, how are you doing? What's going on with that? And he says, my friend, <laughs> it's lovely since you pray for me i have had no pain at all all of my pain is gone and i said to him i said mahmoud that's jesus Mm. he's alive you think he's a prophet but a dead prophet can't heal you Mm. he's the king and he loves you and he's touching your body right now so that you know that he loves you and has a plan for your life and we left i left him to process that we left him to process that. Yeah, because he was having he was having a hard time with it. It goes yeah. against his entire life yeah. of what he thought was right, yeah. and it completely just just completely wrecked yeah. his entire thought process. He's weeping in front of us, and his pain's all gone, and he hasn't had this problem for days. Um, and we, we probably have time for one or two more. But, uh, but real, so, real quick yeah. to to finish off with yeah. Mock Boone. I did tell him right before we were leaving, I said, Mahmoud, Jesus is going to come visit you tonight. He's going to show you who he is and show you that he loves you. Boldness. I love it. So you can see, we took some pictures. You can see these on the show notes. You know, we always include show notes on the Firestorm Live broadcast. Whatever evidentiary base we have, um, you know, we don't walk around with a film crew. I don't have a worship team in the background. We just do life. But, you know, we take pictures. So you can see the picture of us with Mahmoud all kind of bundled up because it was 45 degrees and raining (laughs) and the way the Lord touched him. And uh, then I remember then we leave there and we get in a cab and it's you and me and three or four other people that had been on our group. We all kind of ditched out to go to the Garden of Gethsemane (laughs) and uh, pooled our cash to bless Mahmoud. And so we get this cab to go back. And I remember saying to the cabbie, now, do you remember his name? 
I do not. Okay, that's I okay. Don't. There that's was okay. a lot. There, there was I'm a putting you on the spot. Yeah, there was a handful of people There's in the vehicle, going on. so I, I couldn't yeah. catch it. That's okay. So we're just talking, you know. I mean, he had good English, and I said to him, "Hey, that guy," because he picks us up and Mahmoud standing there. Hey, Jesus just healed that guy. I tell him what happened. He had terrible pain. This we saw him three days ago. We prayed for him. He has had no pain since. The Lord's touching him, and the guy, you know, he's also a Muslim. Muslim cab driver in Israel and he's you know he's polite okay you know whatever because they don't know how to process that and I remember saying to him hey uh, what Jesus just did for him he'll do for you do you have any pain in your body and the guy starts talking in fairly graphic detail about some dental problem and he's talking about some toothache that he's got and he also goes on to say that it's loose in the socket and you know he's got bad pain you know he I, th- I think he was you know, gauging it very high yeah. on the zero to 10 scale. And do you remember what happened? Uh, I mean, you were more involved with that, but I was trying to listen to all of it. Well, and we prayed was, for him. Yeah, we prayed for him. And I know he was just like joy came over this man. And yeah. then he. And as, as he's driving the cab and we're praying for him and he's got his eyes open and driving. He says, you know, it feels, because I asked him, you know, what do you notice in your body? He says, you know, it feels like you go to the dentist and they give you a shot. He's talking about Novocaine, I guess. And, you know, I mean, there's a language barrier, but he, he describes this. And I said, okay, well, what's the pain like? He's like, no pain. I have no pain. And then he waits for a second or two. And he says, and, and I feel it tightening up. In my in the jaw, you know, in my gum, in my side, he doesn't say socket, but he feels the tooth tightening up. And I was able to say, that's Jesus. Mm. He loves you. He's touching your body right now to show you that he has a plan for your life and he's in hot pursuit of your heart. Something like like that. You know what? We got to our destination. We paid him. We tipped him well. And off we went. So. This is available for every single believer. Everyone that calls on and, the name of the Lord. And you, I love that, Ben. And you are such an example of what it looks like to just move in love and use your just natural kindness to touch people. Um, we probably and I have, wasn't always like that. Yeah. I, I don't want people to think that, oh, this, he, yeah. he's just a good guy. No. I mean, everyone's created to be good but we're in the flesh. It's, it's, it's been a process, yeah. but I got with the, I got with the lover Amen. and he, he, he impregnated me with all the good things that he has. Yeah. No one's ever going to get pregnant by themselves. Yeah. You got to spend time with the lover. Amen. And you know, what I've always loved about watching you engage with people, Ben, is that you just move in a comfort level and a naturalness, and it's not weird and it's not awkward. You don't go up to people and say, hey, complete total stranger who I've never seen before, can I pray for you? That's odd and off-putting. <laughs> yeah. But you'll say to the soldier, hey, thank you for your service, sir, and you'll fist bump him. And then you'll say, hey, is there anything I can, you know, is there anything I can pray for you for? And they process and they share with you their hurts. I've just seen you do that over and over. I've seen you do that in, you know, in ice cream shops and in coffee shops. And I've seen you do it at the gas pump. I've seen you do it at Home Depot. I've seen you do it everywhere you go. Is there any, we just, we just have a couple of minutes um, to provoke our listeners to make this 
natural and available to them, what would you say? Because the Lord loves them all. He has a plan for all of us. Jesus paid a price for us to be his hands and feet. I would say stop leaning on what you think you know and spend time with the one that knows it all and he'll begin to reveal things to you. And it's not like when I spend time with him that I hear him all the time. I don't feel him in my quiet time, but it's a knowledge and it's an understanding of him. Mm-hmm. And it's not a feeling. Not a feeling. That's that's great advice. People are saying, oh, I just don't feel him. Well, that's great because we don't walk by feelings. We walk by faith. Faith in what? Faith that... Don't you know you yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives in you? Faith that the very spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in you. Faith that Jesus says, everything you saw me do, you're going to do and greater things. It's amazing. Well, before you can do greater things, you got to do the same thing. (laughs) And Jesus, moved by compassion, is feeding the multitudes and healing the sick and casting out devils. And that's available to every single believer All we have to do is just step forward in love and be the hands and feet of Jesus, and he will manifest himself. My guest today was Ben Kirk, my dear friend. Thank you for the time, my man. I love you, and I love what God is doing through you. I love you, too, and I love everyone out there. And just God bless you all. Thank you for listening to the Firestorm Podcast with your host, Scott Gilbert. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate the show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe wherever you listen. If you're looking for more about the Firestorm Equipping Ministry, you can find us on the web at firestormunited.org. We're also on Facebook at Firestorm United. If you'd like to partner with us, equipping the body of Christ for revival, you can give on our website, firestormunited.org. All donations are tax deductible. In our next episode, we meet realtor Maura Bain, By day, a mild-mannered realtor, but power daughter of Most High God. As she goes about her life, Mora is available to Holy Spirit every day as part of her normal goings about of life. And she's seeing the Lord touch people. She's going to give us pointers on how she's seen the Lord show up in majesty as a normal part of her life. And he'll do it for you too.